And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, <laughs> when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl's my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll salute spring on the Milton Berle Show from 1948. But first, it's TV Jeopardy! Lisa Wolf Trebek will play audio clips from popular TV shows. I'll try to name the shows while you play along at home. Is right, Lisa? That's right, Carl. All right. So we are going to be talking about iconic TV shows from the 2000s. Okay. We're moving up in the world. I know we started with the 50s. We're up to the 2000s. All right. And we'll see how you do. You weren't very good at math. How are you keeping track of this? Oh, I was very good at math. Okay. I mean, compared to you. <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> so this first show uh, premiered in 2005. Here's what's going to happen. I am going to have to fix you, manage you to, on a more personal scale, a, a more micro form of management. Jim, what is that called? micro Boom. Yes. Now, Jim is going to be the client. Dwight, you're going to have to sell to him without being aggressive, hostile, or difficult. Now, this is an easy one because it's my favorite show of all time. I know that. That's The Office. That is set in, what's the name of the paper company? Dunder Mifflin. Dunder Mifflin. And we heard the voice of... That's Steve Carell. Steve Carell as Michael Scott. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. I'm a big fan as well. When he left the show and other people came on, I, I lost interest. I did too. Because it's really his show. I, I mean, agree. He's just so great. He is great. And actually, he's great in everything he does. I know. So that's a definitely iconic TV show. Here is your next iconic TV show. You may have a little trouble with this one. It's okay. not really up your alley. Okay. 2004. Stranded on an island. No one's coming for us. This place is different. We all know it. We all feel it. It's been six days, and we're all still waiting. Waiting for someone to come. But what if they don't? We need to start figuring things out. We need to figure out how we're going to survive here. Well, the only I gave thing you I every clue in the book of, there. The only thing I can think of, and I never watched this show, is Survivor. It sounds like it could be that from the word survive, but it's not. It's not Survivor? It is not. Um, so oh, is it that one where there's like a plane crash? Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, either way, you didn't get and it. And there was like, yes. uh, and they're all like on an island somewhere? Yes, so it's Oceanic Flight 815. Yeah. They crash on a mysterious island. Right, and, and they, they were, are, uh, they are on that island. They're stranded. 
close, but the name of the show would be because they are not found. They are lost. lost. So I don't get it right <laughs> don't now. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So close, though. And I never watched it. I know that, but I threw it out to you anyway. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a big show. I mean, people really liked it, I and mean, it did really well. I did choose iconic TV shows. If yeah. you didn't watch it, what can I tell you? Here's the next one, okay. 2008, and I don't know if you watched this or not. All right. Now you listen to me. You listen You've to me. You've got the greatest meth cook in America. No, the two oh. greatest meth cooks in America oh. right here. And with our skills, you'll earn more from that 35% than you ever would on your own. Oh. Yeah. I know the show. I watched it. I'm just wondering why we're so lucky. Why cut us in? I know. Mike is retiring from our crew, so his share of the partnership is available if you can handle his end. Do you Distribution. Recognize that voice? I know who I know it all. Who's the voice? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know it. I know it. <laughs> I just can't remember the name. I never mm-hmm. watched the show. Okay, I wasn't sure. It was my, it was my son's favorite show it's of all great, time. It was a great show. Um he's like um he's a husband and Yeah. And then he, he was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, and so then he decides to make a lot of money for his family. He made and sell the drugs amphetamines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um burn something. Well you got the first letter right. Ba ba. Ba 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 ba. Ba ba baran. Um, <laughs> or I don't know. Breaking Bad. Ah. Right, that was oh, Brian Cranston. Oh, mm, mm, yeah, so Breaking close. Bad. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of bees there. I never watched it. No, I know, but I hear it's great. Yeah, well, if you have did some you time watch, on, did you I watch did. It? Yeah? I did. Was if it you good? have some time you on the your whole hands, show? Uh, I maybe it stopped right at the end, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, pretty much most okay. of it. It was excellent. It yeah. was excellent. I highly recommend it. Breaking Bad. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. 1999, but this continued into the 2000s. Well, you know why we're here. So if you have any doubts or reservations, now is the time to say so. Because once you enter this family, there's no getting out. You stay within the family. Well, if I don't get that. Exactly. The Italian persuasion that I am. Exactly. That is. The Italian stallion that you are. Is that (laughs) what you're saying? Yes. Well, I thought I'd say persuasion. (laughs) I changed it for you. (laughs) That's the soprano. That is the soprano. I say sopranos, but sopranos, sopranos. It depends where you're from. Right. Right. That is absolutely right. By the way, you owe me a pizza. I do. You know. I, I won last week, so you only. It me wasn't a pizza. last and week. You're not getting out of this. It was pizza. a few weeks ago. Right, two weeks I'm ago. happy to buy Sopranos. you a pizza. Sopranos. That's right. That was uh, New Jersey mob boss Tony yeah. Soprano. Yes. That is absolutely right. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Yep. 1994. Look, we're just, look, we're just friends now. Okay. Why would I do anything stupid? Ugh. Well, the apartment is already subletted. I mean, this is just hopeless. I'm never going to find anything. You can live with me. What? 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 I would love to live with you, Ross. That, that's great. Thank you. I'm, I'm just glad I could, you know, help you out. Wow, I'm, I'm so happy for you guys. This is so, so not stupid. What a, what a nice guy is going to let Jennifer Aniston Exactly, move in with, with him. him. What yeah. a guy. Yeah, not, not too stupid. He's a pretty uh, smart guy. What are you trying to say, Carl? That's that's friends. <laughs> that is friends. Nineteen ninety four and continued well into the two thousands as well. Can you tell me any of the uh, actors on that show? Um, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, that's all you really need to know. That's about it. That's it. Courtney Jennifer Cox. Aniston, Courtney Cox. That's it. Were there any males in the show? I, maybe. I didn't think so. I don't know. Yeah. No, just a couple of girls. Yeah. Right. Any Terrific. More? There is. All right. Here's one more. Two thousand seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you fellas do? You're looking at the finest ad men in New York. 
Now, the world. <laughs> Advertising is based on one thing. Happiness. It's a billboard on the side of the road that screams with reassurance that whatever you're doing, you are okay. This show was great. I know you loved this This show. was a big, big show. I really enjoyed it. And it Mad is. Mad Men. Mad Men. Started in 2007, although it was set back in the 1960s. You did really well. I think you got four out of six. That's two. That's two out of three. That's about a 66%. Yeah. Go, Carl. All right. Thanks, Lisa. When we come back, it's the Milton Berle Show. So don't go away. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. We have a new affiliate, Lisa. I want to uh, welcome WKAN in Kankakee. Uh, It's an AM-FM combo, AM-1320 and FM-101.3. They're airing the show for four hours, four of the five hours, 8 p.m. to midnight. So I want to uh, welcome WKAN and all the listeners. Hello out there in Kankakee area. Lisa and I uh, are very honored to be on uh, your great radio station. Thanks for picking up our show uh, starting tonight right here, Hollywood 360. We'll bring you the best in classic radio, games, fun, celebrity interviews. Make sure you join us every Saturday night, 8 to midnight on WKAN Kankakee. We'll be on our best behavior. We will. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we're going to listen now to a Milton Berle show, comedy series. You know, Milton Berle starred uh, in vaudeville for many, many years. He moved to radio and became known as Uncle Milty on television, probably the most famous uh, early television celebrity. But for years he was on radio. He was born Milton Berlinger in New York City in 1908, same year as you were born. Right. He began his career impersonating Charlie Chaplin, uh, which landed him in a number of silent films and vaudeville circuit, of course. Uh, radio. He had a radio show from 1934 until 19 until the 1940s, and his Texaco Star Theater TV show debuted in 1948, made him a huge comedy star. In fact, this broadcaster we're going to play is 1948 so this is the same year that he he moved over to television this was sponsored by philip morris cigarettes we, uh, cigarettes we've removed the cigarette commercials it's all about spring salute to spring march 23rd 1948 here's part one now of the milton burl show johnny presents the milton burl show From Radio City, New York, here is the Milton Berle Show with Bert Telton, Jack Alberson, Mary Ship, Johnny Gibson, Charlie Irving, Billy Sands, Al Kelly, our singing star Dick Farney, Ray Block and his orchestra, and yours truly, Frank Gallup. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we salute the coming of spring with our annual spring musical festival. We can't bring you the first robin of spring, but we can bring you the man who will lay the first egg. And here he is, Milton Berle. <laughs> Thank you, and good evening, ladies. Ah, spring. Beautiful spring. I mean, New York is wonderful in the spring. Every, everything is green. Then the Jamaica racetrack opens and all the green disappears. 
I mean, I'm all set for the new season. Really, I got this suit for the spring. You should have seen what I got for the mattress. <laughs> uh, well, that's dead. I, uh... Spring, spring. That's when a young man feels like doing what he gets slapped for trying to do all winter. I'll never forget the time. Oh, you. How about spring? <laughs> Mr. Gallup, don't you know it's spring? It's spring. Mr. Gallup, can't, can't you feel it? Doesn't it send the embalming fluid racing through your veins? I mean, Mr. Gallup, don't you notice it? Even the air is different. Only while this program is on. <laughs> Mr. Gallup, please, don't aggravate me. What a week I've had. My apartment is a shambles. You've been spring cleaning? No, looking for my 4F card. <laughs> how, uh, how, thank you, friends. How about you, Mr. Gallup? Do you think they'll give you back your commission in the wax? <laughs> they should. You're waxier than ever. <laughs> Waxier than ever. That's no laugh, is it? <laughs> Must be people out there. I hear snoring. <laughs> but spring, Mr. Gallup, is now officially here in New York. I saw the first sign yesterday. A snow shovel finally reached the Bronx. <laughs> ah, this... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Friends from Simpson Street. Ah, this... This drowsy spring weather, everybody can sleep except my poor brother Frank. He has horrible nightmares... He keeps dreaming I'm not working. <laughs> Don't laugh. Those nightmares are serious. I just read that Freddie Martin had a nightmare. Woke up screaming. He dreamt Tchaikovsky was alive and had a good lawyer. <laughs> uh, but tell us... Tell us... Tell us, Mr. Gallup, sir. Doesn't the coming of spring mean anything to you? Oh, but it does. It does? This week, my club celebrated its spring music festival. Your club? Yes, the Cachaturian Emergency Committee to keep popcorn machines out of the lobby of Carnegie Hall. You... You had a spring music festival? Yes, we had our annual outing at Feigenbaum's Camp Beethoven on Lake Costalalitz. Feigenbaum's... What's it? Feigenbaum's. 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 Yes. Sounds like an expensive place. Well, of course, we got the special rate. Special rate? What's that? It's cheaper, but you have to dance with Feigenbaum's daughter. Oh, oh, oh. And uh, how's the food? Uh, what's the difference after dancing with Feigenbaum's daughter? Who can eat? <laughs> now? Uh, you, uh... You had to... You're back on Prudential. You had to... That's a good policy. Yeah. You had to... Now, at this, at this camp, Beethoven, you had a festival? Oh, Gad, the papaya juice flowed like wine. Did it? <laughs> Mr. Gallup, I didn't know that you were a drinking man. I just drank to be sociable. I knew when to stop. When did you stop? When Feigenbaum's daughter began to look good to me. <laughs> Mr. Gallup, may I say that that was a beautiful myth? And a just myth being very funny. <laughs> well, on tonight, on tonight, with our musical festival, as we bring you the sound of spring. <laughs> Thank you, Rubina. <laughs> but it is in the music of spring that we find the true essence of spring. It is the music, and the most beautiful of all music remains Grand Opera. 
and to prove that once you understand opera, you will love it. We have with us tonight the celebrated operatic contralto, Madame Rosa Lasagna. And to interpret for you what Madame Lasagna will sing is none other than this country's leading libretto translator, Mr. Tulio Finster. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Finster. Thank you, thank you. Mr. Finster, I understand that you will translate as Madame Lasagna sings excerpts from the opera Cavallero Rosticana. Yes. Of course, it is better known in this country as the Calvum of the Gypsy Crosney, which finds itself going back to the trail without knowing that anybody has probably been back on the sword for our facing bag, which I know is a trap. It's in the key of C. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Finster, would you please set the scene? Gladly. Okay. As the chitin rises, we find ourselves in the kingdom of Samagrodny, Five and Gate Forbes. The merry villagers run out on the stage in a holiday mood. And why not? It's a Schmalman day. They are dressed in long, flowing gutkin and are singing, Hail to the snow, W. Clyde, they come and fast. All right. Would you please go on, Mr. Finster? At this point, Margarita comes on the stage. She's really the Prince of Mahayaya, but she's disguised as a grism grief. This is because her sweetheart, Antonio, the beggar, told her, he would like to create a pony with a claimant. <laughs> he would like to create a pony with a claimant. Who wouldn't? <laughs> and when she sees her lover, she sings. Madam Lasagna, go ahead, please. Graziano Bonavino, Cancenere, Bumgalento, Bio. Lovely, Madame Lasagna. Quick, Mr. Finster, what did she sing? She's saying to her lover, My sweet, my heart, my cadence, loyden, silt, and bald man. But Antonio turns his back on her. He had overheard a rumor yeah. that she was seen with a cop and hadn't got a break. But take me to take the back of your tire. But later she proved she was taking a banjo lesson at the time. May we have the second act, Madame Lasagna, please? Ma zuppa, manicotti, pizzeria, antipasto, bio. Beautiful, beautiful. And what is she saying, Mr. Finster? Her father, King Brustle Morgan Drip, wants her to marry the old Duke. She answers, marry that old slump, too. I can't translate that. Yes, yes, and go on, go on. The king raises his throttlewatt over her head and roars. Are you going to marry the Duke? Yes. And she answers... No! <laughs> Mr. Finster, what did she say? She said, uh, maybe. And how does the opera end? Just as Margarita's about to marry the old Duke, Antonio the beggar rushes in, yes. throws off his rags and shouts, Look, I am not Antonio the beggar. I am Belville the whole hacker. <laughs> As they ride into the sunset, the old king shakes his fist and says, You're all a paddock being without my paws. Don't take me back for Dray because right. you think it's Thank a bad There must be a definition for me. Much. I'll Thank never you change much, your Mr. plan. Thank you. So you have a all right, that's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, all right. Thank you. And. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Now, you know, that was Easter Parade, a part of it, uh, played by Ray Block and Phil Marceau. Okay, so, and Ray, you're getting so popular. More people have been writing in for your picture because they want to know what you look like. They've been beating up the wrong guy. <laughs> and, and now, as we continue our spring music festival, we present... Music Forum Tonight. Music Forum Tonight. The question... Is Carmen Lombardo America's secret weapon? <laughs> Thank you, King Baggett. Let us start with questions from the audience. All right, this gentleman here. Uh, Mr. Burl, I'd like to go into business with you. Business with me? Yes, Easter is coming up. We'll make a fortune. How? You lay them, I'll color them. <laughs> Thank you, John Bunny. Let us get on. All right, this young man changing from his winter underwear to the Salonese bloomers. Uh, what is your name, young man? My name is Margaret Truman. <laughs> this man down here. Who is this man? Henry Wallace down here? The Milton Burl Show, part one. We'll get back to it in just a few minutes. March 23rd, 1948. Milton Berle and all his gang. And uh, the announcer there, Frank Gallup, used to gallop off into the sunset. You know that? I didn't know that. You didn't? No. Mm. I've never heard that one before. You That's never a did. new one. Yeah. It's a new Carlism. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. We're here every single Saturday and uh, bringing you the greatest radio shows of the golden age of radio, along with uh, celebrity interviews, lots of fun and games. Uh, Lisa Vivacious Wolf. We have Mike Bubble Bath Costella, our uh, executive producer, engineer, extraordinaire. Uh, Mike? Yes. When, when's the last bubble bath? Thank you. When did you have the... <laughs> thank, <laughs> oh, thank you. When's the last when's bubble the bath? Of course. Thank oh, you. Good, good. Thank you. All right, more of Milton Berle coming your way. Stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Need to go to Mee's Meals and look up what we're going to have. And you know what, folks? If you have not experienced uh, Mee's Meals as yet, you don't know what you're missing. Mee's Meals is absolutely the greatest, the greatest meal delivery service on the planet. They will deliver your meals almost anywhere in the United States. And they come all prepped and chopped and ready for you to cook. In about 15 to 20 minutes. And I'm talking gourmet food. It's amazing. And they've been a, a sponsor of ours for now for a long time. Right. And uh, they have a special offer for Hollywood 360 listeners. Go to their website, Mies, M-E-E-Z, meals.com. Go to their website. Check out all the amazing dinners they have. 
And if you order something from there the very first time, you can save 50% off your order by using the promo code CARL at checkout. So every week we order our food for the week, and I'm checking the menu to see what delectables there are. And yeah. we've got chicken parmesan, Ooh. Uh, sweet and spicy shrimp. That sounds a lot like Mike. Uh, they've got espresso rub steak with uh, gratin potatoes, mm. Tahitian chicken paella. I love paella. Yeah. Uh, grilled zucchini, quesadilla, tacos, and the list goes on and on. Ultimate Greek skillet. So there's about, you know, 10 or 12 things to choose from. All the ingredients come washed and prepped and chopped and measured and ready to go. And in 15, 20 minutes, you have a gourmet meal planned um, and served for your family. Yep. And I love the opportunity to work together with your family, with your daughter, with your friend, with your mom, whatever, and make these meals, and it sort of all comes together, and that's the magic of Mies Meals. It is. It is magic, and they, they've got it figured out. They know how to do this. You get you get it so it's so fresh and comes right to your home, and uh, generally, I get, I think we get it on... Mondays. Is it on Mondays? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every, every Monday. Mo- every Monday, and then by Monday or Tuesday... We make that. We usually make it right away because we're so can't excited. Wait. Yeah. These are things that I wouldn't know how to make myself. Yeah. Uh, all this the ingredients are ready for me. So. Yeah. This is not something that you would normally make. You just go to there and every week they change it up. Right. So if you go to meesmeals.com, M-E-E-Z meals.com, every single week there's new things. And just try them once. Use the promo code CARL. And I guarantee you, you'll want to keep ordering at least a couple of meals a week. Uh, meals a week. And also note that they do accommodate dietary restrictions, whether you're a vegetarian or vegan or gluten-free or carb-free. That's all a part of the ordering process. Save 50% off your first order. Use promo code CARL. Go to meesmeals.com. All right, Lisa, we're listening to the Milton Berle Show on March 23rd, 1948. Milton Berle and all his gang, a salute to spring. Here's the conclusion. You say your name is Margaret Truman? I just took the name when it became popular. I see what you mean. That name, Margaret Truman, gives me nothing but trouble. Trouble? I keep getting threatening letters from Jessica Dragonette. <laughs> I understand. People keep asking when my old man's porch will be finished so they can come over for a sunbath. <laughs> I see what you mean. People pest you because your name is Margaret Truman? Yeah, and also because of my father's name. Now what's your father's name? Bess. <laughs> All right, Margie, you have a question that has to do with music? Yeah, I got a question, but I don't expect an answer from a schnook like you. Well, I just... That I... tin ear of yours will look better on a lunch pail. Lord. Why don't you round up a few A&B gypsies? Maybe you could be another Harry Horlick. Please. The only music you know is the sound of jingling in your money belt. I'm... The only instrument you can play with them big wet lips is a tissue paper and comb. Please. Ah, your mother's tambourine. <laughs> Please, let's not get noisy. Let's get on to the women in our audience. All right, this lady in the aisle sharing a box of kennel rations with her cocker spaniel. <laughs> what is your name, madam? Tallulah Feeney. I'm a homemaker. I see. And you have a question that has to do with music? Yeah, why is my husband always trying to get into an orchestra? He follows musicians around so much, they're starting to call him Petrella. Your husband wants to get into a band? He gave up the plumbing business and got a job with Phil Spitalny. Phil Spitalny? He was known as Feeney and his magic plunger. <laughs> but Phil Spitalny has an all-girl orchestra. How did your husband get in? He lied. <laughs> oh, that's different. 
but uh, didn't they finally recognize him? Yeah, he gave himself away. After rehearsals, everybody takes a shower. Yes? For the first time in his life, Spitalny had company. <laughs> I get it, I get it. You should see the instruments he's tried to learn. Once he tried to play the triangle, he got stuck. He got stuck at a triangle? Yeah, he's such a square. Oh, I see. <laughs> Once he took up the violin, he decided to make his own violin strings. He made his own strings? Yeah, every night another cat was missing from the neighborhood. Oh, yeah? Tell me, uh... Tell me, Mrs... Tell me, Mrs. Feeney, is your husband still musically inclined? Yeah, he's always wanted a trombone. <laughs> sorry. I finally bought him an instrument. We'll all be sorry in four weeks. You know that. I finally bought him an instrument and said, here, blow your brains out. You got him a trombone? I got him a gun. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> we keep laughing so we don't get lonesome up here, you know. And now, for our musical guest of honor tonight, may I introduce that great metropolitan opera star whose powerful, thundering bass voice has rocked opera houses all over the world, the one and only Mario Featherfield. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Featherfield. Thank you, Mr. Barrow. My heart brims over for this glorious opportunity to thank the many opera lovers who have seen me sing out front and rushed out and grabbed me backstage. <laughs> Mr. Featherfield, I understand that when you sing at the Met, you receive more flowers than any other singer. That's true. There's only one thing wrong. What? All the flowers say, rest in peace. <laughs> Mr. Featherfield, how did you get your start in opera? I was assistant to Lawrence Tibbet. He couldn't get along without me. He couldn't? No. Remember when Tibbet used to sing... <laughs> you were with him? Who do you think tickled him? <laughs> Mr. Featherfield, hearing you talk, isn't your voice a little weak for opera? Oh, I was holding back. You were? Oh. Yes. In Tristan and Isolde, at one place, I yelled for Isolde. Isolde! It was, uh, it was loud, eh? Loud. Mr. Burl, not only did Isolde come running, but I got a wire from Chloe saying she was on her way, too. <laughs> Mr. Featherfield, Mario Featherfield, I'm sorry. We've heard so much about your wife. Has your wife ever appeared with you? Oh, yes. Just last week, we were both in the big bullfight scene in Carmen. Mm -hmm. I was the bullfighter. I see. And your wife? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the bull. The bull. <laughs> and what a bullfight that must have been. Ooh. <laughs> what a fight. The bull came charging low, and the fight was all over. What, what happened? It was the first time in the history of Carmen that the bullfighter won on a foul. Thank you very much, Mr. Featherfield. Thank you. Now here's our young singing star, Dick Farney, to sing What's Beautiful. Love is funny 
Mr. Gallup. Mr. Gallup, you know, all night we have been on the subject of music, and so far, no one's even mentioned that I, Milton Berle, has, have written many, many songs. Oh, no, not that, too. Yes, Mr. Gallup. That's he true. has 14 toes, a mother who laughs, and now he writes songs, too. How great can one man please, get? Please, Mr. Gallup, please don't aggravate me. I had enough aggravation on the first song that I ever wrote. I'll never forget... It was a few years ago. I, I was at home uh, playing the piano and doodling around the piano, and my wife and I were singing. Milton, it's after midnight. Dear, please, I'm concentrating. With that piano going, people will think this is a saloon. We'll be swamped with television fans. <laughs> Listen to this, darling. I, I just wrote a song. Milt, not now. The Harrisons next door are asleep. No, I'll be quiet. Listen. I want a wabbit, a fuzzy, fuzzy wabbit. Hop, hop, little bunny. Hop, hop, little bunny. Hop, hop, ho, ho, hop, hop. <laughs> well, dear? Milton, why are you so stubborn about seeing a psychiatrist? <laughs> not that again. Now, look, I, I just wrote a little tune and... Oh. Hello? Sam Harrison? You heard me singing. Well, look, look Sam, I, I'm sorry I woke you and Martha. I, you're coming over. Sam! S Sam! Oh, no. He and Martha are coming over. You go to bed, dear. I'll handle them. Good night. Good night, Hoagie. <laughs> Hoagie. I write a tune for my own enjoyment, and the way they pounce on me, you think I just started a third party. Here they come, the Ozzie and Harriet of Jackson Heights. Come in. Hi, Milty! 
Sam, I'm sorry I sang and I woke you and Martha up. Milty, when I heard that song, I said, that's the most beautiful thing I ever heard since Toot Toot Tootsie Goodbye. Isn't that just what I said, Martha? Yes. <laughs> oh, hello, Martha. I didn't recognize you in that smoking jacket. <laughs> Sam, that's just a little nothing I wrote. He wrote it himself. Did you hear that, Martha? Yes. <laughs> Martha, please. Don't get so excited. <laughs> Look, the song is nothing. Milty, that song is great. I should know. I wrote songs myself. On our honeymoon in Niagara Falls, I wrote love songs to Martha. Remember our honeymoon, Martha. Yes. <laughs> Sam, please, it's getting late. I will. Oh, Milty, I'm taking you to see my friend Felix Entwistle. He'll get your song published. Sam, forget about Milton it. Milton Burr, you can't do this to the music world. Sam. To the public, you're a man loved because of your genius, your wonderful talent. Sam. <laughs> you have a soul... A soul for music matched only by your graciousness and humility. Oh, is that? <laughs> but you're still a two-fisted leader of men. Sam! <laughs> Guilty. Your music is matched only by your handsomeness, savoir faire, and charm. Oh, Sam, you're terrible. <laughs> Guilty. Guilty, tomorrow you're taking your song to Felix Entwistle. Oh, all right, Sam. Gee, it's awful how you get around to me with that flattery. <laughs> Deep down, I know I'm just a heel. Yes. <laughs> you stay out of this. Milton, here's Felix's office. Gee, look at that door, Sam. It says Felix Entwistle. Music publishing, notary public, eyes examined free... Plain pipe racks, habla espanol, open all night. <laughs> Sam, let's go. The last time I went through a door like that, I came out with a year's subscription to Boy's Life and a 1922 Chalmers. Now, let's go in, Milty. When Felix finds out you're a friend of mine, he'll fall all over you. Come on in. Sam, it's just a little song. Here comes Felix. Watch his face light up. Felix! It's me, Sam! Who sent for you? <laughs> Sam, let's go. Felix, this is Milty Burl. <laughs> Hello. Who needs you? <laughs> Sam, let's go. Felix, Milty has a song I want you to hear. Who asked you? Milty will publish it with his own money. I liked him the minute he came in. <laughs> Let go of my lapel. Let me hear the song. If it isn't good, I'll tell you. And I won't take a cent from you. Oh, okay. I... Stop! It's good. <laughs> good? <laughs> then why are you holding your nose? I'm trying to stop the tears from welling up into my eyes. That's how great it is. Uh, really? Of course, we'll have to make a few changes. Changes? It's just a little tune for, for children. That's what's wrong. The children buy sheet music? The children buy records? No, they're notorious for having no money. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's cheap... Look, it's just a little... Stop! I got it. Rumbas are big now. For $1,000, we'll have it published as a rumba. Never have I been so touched by a song. A thousand? <laughs> Never have I been so touched. <laughs> a rumba. It's just a little song, and it's... it's... Ah, we're ready for you, Burl. Look, Entwistle, did you have to hire a rehearsal hall and a band? To a man who's got a hit rumba, what's another thousand? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Let's try it. Hit it, Carmen. It's just a rumba, that's all. 
It's, it's just a number, a rumba for... It's, it's a... <laughs> Wabbits! It's just for kiddies, the song. <laughs> Wabbits! It's a fuzzy little fuzzy wuzzy fuzzy 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 little fuzzy little wabbit. It's a little song for kiddies. Stop the music! Stop it, please! This is ridiculous. Pearl, you're right. Here we've been knocking ourselves out with a rumba. What is the world crying for? A song with social significance. It is? Now, for $2,000, we can rearrange your song. Yeah. <laughs> $2,000? It's just a little song. I wobble wabbit. It's just a kid. <laughs> Attention, everybody. Ready, Burl? Uh, Entwistle, a chorus of 50 and an orchestra of 200. Six arrangers just for I, Wumba Wabbit. Wait till the world hears this, Burl. Hit it, Arturo. I, Wumba Wabbit. Are you listening, Joe? A fuzzy widow wabbit. Are you listening, Eddie? <laughs> he was just a little old rabbit, but he was my friend. And from him I learned that life is a song and we all play a part. There's the dream of the love of the clown. Then one day I, I came back to my room and he was gone. Gone, do you hear me? Gone, gone, gone. <laughs> then one day I saw him again on the Bowery. I rushed over. I picked him up in my arms. And then that wonderful moment when he opened his pink little eyes, looked at me and he said... Uh, what's up, Doc? Stop, stop! This is ridiculous You're right, Burl This song is too big to be just a song Too big? Yes, we're making it into an opera Yeah <laughs> uh, An opera? <laughs> no, look, please I don't want to be a songwriter I'm broke Broke? Yes Burl, I got news for you What? You're no longer a songwriter Throw this bomb out of no, here No, 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 no your girlfriend Milton saying goodnight. See you next Tuesday. Good night, Mom. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. There you have it, the the Milton Burl show from March 23rd, 1948. Milton Burl, all his gang. Frank Gallup doing the announcing and uh, is heard on NBC. And you forgot to say, what did Frank Gallup he, do? He galloped off into okay, the sunset. There we go. It works the second time. Yeah, for you sure. Know? If you're Carl, it does. Ah, <laughs> uh, what do you got for us? This... We've got this month in music history. Do we? We do. What month? We are going back to the 1970s, my favorite decade for music, with right. this song. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't help it. Jim Croce, Bad Bad Leroy Brown. Little south side of Chicago, in the baddest part of town. And if you go down there, you better just be well Of a man named Leroy Brown Now Leroy, morning trouble You see, he stand about six foot four All the downtown ladies call him treetop lover All the men just call him sir And he's bad, bad 
What I love about Jim Croce is all of his songs, like, they tell such an interesting story. And I know most songs do tell a story, but his always, they were like poetry, right? Yeah, I think so. So this came out in 1973, and this was his last major hit before he died in a plane crash. I know. That was uh, September 20th of that same year. Yeah, I don't even think he got to see the success no, of his song. This um, was still on the charts at the time of his wow. death, so yeah, it's very man. untimely. He got a 32 gun in his pocket full of fun. He got a razor in his shoe. Cause he's bad, bad, Leroy Brown. Gotta love this song. Uh, you don't like sure. this song, you know. If this doesn't get your toes tapping, then uh, you need to uh, take on, some Carl. vitamins or something. Vitamins. <laughs> take some juice <laughs> or something. Or you some need a little something. Balance of nature or something, right? <laughs> right. All right, thanks, Lisa Wolf. Sure. More of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, Raymond Burr stars on Fort Laramie from 1956. And we have an in-studio guest. Don Murray is going to play our Beat the Host with us, right? Right. All about Karen Carpenter. Karen so Carpenter. stay tuned. We've got some All good right. stuff on the way. Stick around. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Wayshowers who will help your journey a lot easier. 